Hey there, welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm Steve. Together we invite you to join us as we explore the mysteries of Scripture, the realm of God, and freedom through Christ. So spread out your wings and slither in place because this is Snakebird. Snakebird. Hey, welcome Snakebirds to another episode of the Snakebird Podcast. Our topic today leads us to discussing the current state of events and how these events are affecting much of our society today, primarily young people. It's in light of that realization that we wanted to take some time and discuss approaches and strategies to handling anxiety and depression as believers. That's right, guys. It's another great day to be with you again. And while today's topic might be a little opposite of the tone of our voices right now, it's an important one. Um, We all deal with uh, stress today, worry, even with civil unrest or simply trying to maintain the things in our own lives. And the part that technology plays in all that, it's never been quite like it is today in history. And Josh and I really feel that we needed to address this um, because so many are dealing with it, like you said, young and old alike. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny that we're like, we have this really um, upbeat intro. I'm like, exactly. maybe we should do a more somber one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and this is this is maybe something that not all of our listeners are struggling with, but I believe that God wants to talk about it and offer hope in the light of everything that's going on with coronavirus and... Man, there's just so much. That's true. You know, anxiety and depression have always been topics, but um, I even heard an interview the other day with someone who's been battling depression for years, and they said they almost felt a sense of relief knowing that they weren't the only ones now feeling the weight of depression in the midst of this COVID chaos. And I know that sounds like a terrible thing to say, but I don't think they meant it in a bad way. They were just observing the effects from this social distancing and self-isolation. People who aren't even as social um, are starting to feel the the effects of just loneliness and frustration. Uh, It's affected everything, how we buy groceries, how we interact with each other, uh, even fear of each other from uh, sickness or just social distrust. And um, also as believers, we're really being tested because a big part of our growth and happiness is fellowship within the family of Christ. And that's been hindered, too. Yeah, for sure. That makes a lot of sense what that person would say, because a lot of people are struggling with so many different areas and it is uh, rearing its ugly head in a form of depression or a lot of anxiety. That's true. And, you know, we've all heard that illustration about when we are squeezed, what's really inside comes out. And right now the whole world is being squeezed not just adults. Um, Children are feeling this, some of them worse than than adults. Because think about the kids who um, are already in a a really bad dysfunctional family who their only escape is to go to school every day. Mm -hmm. And they can't go to school now. And they're stuck at home with parents that aren't uh, mentally able to to give them homeschooling and it, the frustration even excels. And and so we're just thinking about all these different cases, because some of us might not be hurting as bad as others. Yeah. And uh, But I think all of us are feeling to some level this effect of, of all of this COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I saw a meme the other day where introverts are like, can we just go outside? <laughs> yeah, know? right. Even the introverts are like, okay, I've had enough. Exactly. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun only when I was the only one doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the introverts were like, no, we wanted to be the ones staying home. Y'all need to go. <laughs> right, yeah. I even heard a, a man that's nearly 80 years old the other day tell me that in his 70-some-odd years, he's never seen something like this in the world. A lot of times you could, you hear the old people say, back in my day, we'd settle the same thing. <laughs> blah, blah. But even, even people who have been alive for near a century, they haven't even seen anything like this. Yeah. So we're all having to navigate these waters together and... It's just an unknown territory. Yeah. Unprecedented, really a new situation for us. We know that the world has experienced pandemics before, Yeah, but the way that we're having to deal with it and the way that we have the ability to connect, but also this social disconnect, yeah. it's, it's completely a new ball game. It really is because, I mean, obviously we look back in history with the Black Plague and all of that stuff, but they weren't connected like we are today. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people that their identity really rests in the social media aspect and all of that and stuff like they didn't that wasn't even a factor back then mm-hmm. and so there's there's just a lot of different factors now so um yeah it's a topic it really is so when we approach this or when i approach this i came up with three points that i thought we could just dwell on um the first one was depression and anxiety are real and then number two is people of all ages are struggling right now which is something that you just pointed out um you mentioned all the way from a young person to an 80-year-old. And then the third one is God wants to meet us right where we're at. 
And so um, if you're okay, we'll just dive right in. Yeah, let's go for it. So depression and anxiety are real. And I feel like I might have shared this before. Um, and it's a little embarrassing, but somewhere along the way in my Christian walk, probably very early on, I picked up this terrible doctrine that a Christian should never be or rarely be depressed or struggle with anxiety. And I don't know where this came from, but it's only been about in the last maybe 10 to 15 years that I've started to really deal with this bad thinking and, and say, Hey, you know, because I even realized that there's times in my life where I've been depressed and I'm going, okay, is this a sin or is this something that I'm just going through? And I'm starting to look at people in the Bible going, hey, they struggle with depression as well. And um, I think that's just one thing that I've had to come to terms with is like, hey, this is really affecting people. And and as Christians, we can be susceptible to just about anything. Any Everyone struggles with different things. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I think guilt is often felt from merely having depressed feelings. Um, we hear statements from other believers that we should live victoriously in Christ and that um, of all people, we should be the happiest because that joy that's supposed to be in us. Mm-hmm. And, and while that is true, um, it's also true that seasons don't last forever. Um, there's times where we can just walk out the door and say, what can man do to me? Even if I die today, it's going to be a fantastic day because I'm going to be with the Lord. Yeah. And we're just, you know, on top of the clouds. But then there's days where that mindset seems to just vanish mm-hmm. in thin air and everything seems to be going wrong in every way. And um, I think it's it's good that you pointed out that people in the Bible were depressed at times. I think of uh, Psalm 13, verses 1 and 2. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? Those were thoughts from David. Mm -hmm. And that's clear depression. Yeah. Yeah. There's another verse that he wrote in Psalm 143, 7 and 8. He says, Come quickly, Lord, and answer me, for my depression deepens. Don't turn away from me, or I will die. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. And yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny that we talk about um, maybe a Christian believing that you shouldn't be depressed. I think that's a very uh, word of faith kind of belief system where it's like, just speak that depression right out of your life. Claim it. Well, and I, I don't know because I'm, I didn't grow up word of faith yeah. really at all, but it just seems like that's a very um, connected type of doctrine. I, now that we're talking about it, I remember that Spurgeon was depressed for a long, long time. I mean, he yeah. would teach a message and then right after that, he'd go into a very deep well of depression yeah, a lot of the old old timers, um, I say old timers, uh, but they <laughs> called it melancholy. Yeah, and, but but today the the word is depression. Yeah, and I think that defining between those two words is actually really important because sometimes you know we can identify depression as maybe more of a clinical thing, whereas we view melancholy maybe as just a just an emotional state. Well, that's true. Yeah. And I do, I do have some thoughts on that, that I was planning on touching here in a little bit, but that's true. We, we do need to decipher between things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, one more verse that I, uh, I thought of was the words and feelings of Jeremiah in Lamentations three, uh, verses one through three, where he says, I'm a man who has seen affliction under the rod of his wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Surely against me he turns his hand again and again the whole day long. He's talking about God there. And keep in mind that these are feelings expressed by prophets and kings known to be very godly people in the Bible. And while these emotions are not necessarily accurate representations of God, they are very real thoughts that we as believers wrestle with. Mm -hmm. They come into our heads, and guilt is often felt for it. Yes. But... um. What we, you know, and we'll we'll get into um, strategies to to try to overcome that stuff. But this idea that a true believer should only experience total joy, it's just simply not correct. I mean, sometimes I feel that, like so many other things, people will play the versus game: total joy versus total depression. You know, total one hundred percent this way versus total one hundred percent has that to way. be one or the yeah, other. Things can't always be put into a category, and there's times where we all have that tiny piece of hope in a completely unique situation. You're just hanging on by a thread. Yeah, 
And so uh, in these types of moments, we don't always feel the luxury of total assurance, even though that tiny piece of hope says it's there. Um, but I would point out that even Jeremiah concluded in Lamentations 3, 21 through 26, even after he expressed those harsh sounding feelings towards God in verses 1 through 3, these words, But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Mm. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. And this is where it gets good. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And since we mentioned David earlier, he also says in in Psalm 40, verses 1 and 2, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. And, you know, these these aren't Band-Aid scriptures to instantly fix whatever's going on with you, listener, but it's a reminder that God does have an end to whatever plagues your heart in seasons of testing and despair. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's really neat to be able to go to the Bible and say, hey, this person struggled with the same thing that I'm struggling with, and this is where they found relief, that they actually found a way in God to to come out of this depression or to find, like I said, relief from it. Yeah. And and honestly, it's it's obvious why we're anxious and depressed. Um, you know, I was looking at some headlines this week, and uh, I found one of them that said, the coronavirus pandemic is pushing America into a mental health crisis. I believe that. And then another one, coronavirus is harming the mental health of tens of millions of people in the U.S., a new poll finds. And then one in three Americans feel lonely and separated as a result of the coronavirus, up from one in five Americans. I found one myself. It says that um, the data has shown that anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults in the United States, 18 and older. That's 18.1% of the population every year. Wow. And that's that's a lot of people. That is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a, a federal emergency hotline for people in emotional distress registered more than a thousand percent increase in April from the same time last year when all of this really ramped up. Oh, yeah. I believe that. Yeah. I, you know, I think we've all seen it, too. And whether it be people we're closely connected with or even distantly a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I know I've noticed it. Yeah. Yeah. And all of this is leading to a rise in, like we said, loneliness. Which they found is actually especially um, being seen in young people, which is kind of uncommon. Typically, loneliness occurs more with old people. Uh, You know, you find that more around the holidays. Mm -hmm. But this is now occurring because they're having to social distance or they're having to quarantine and shelter in place. And I feel like they're missing out on that face-to-face connection that they would have, especially like school or trips or things like that. That's that's definitely accurate. I've got two kids myself. Um, my son just turned nine uh, not too long ago, and him and my daughter both have, have really felt, because they, they go to school and they get to at least see their friend. You know, every kid hates school, but <laughs> they, they don't. you don't realize what you got till it's gone. Yeah. And these kids, uh, they enjoy seeing their friends and all this stuff, and this, that's all gotten thrown out the window. And I know that I've seen it in my children for sure. Um, I even, I saw a a post that just broke my heart the other day from a dad whose, um, the, the title was that his son had died from COVID. But as I watched the video, uh, he didn't die from the virus. He had gone into a depression and it was a silly thing. He, the best he could figure, he, he broke his computer screen that he, he gamed on and, um, he was so afraid of getting in trouble and his, he was already in a depression. He hadn't seen his friends. He hung himself. Oh my goodness. I think he said he was 11 years old and watching this dad, I mean, almost puts me in tears just talking about it because this is a very real thing. And to think, um, oh, to think about the situations out there, uh, it just breaks my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's sad. So, there's a rise in loneliness, like you said. Um, there's also a rise uh, in domestic violence because homes are becoming really volatile for some, 
where they're just not knowing how to deal with having everyone around all the time, or maybe the situation is money's a little tight because of a lost job or a lost circumstance. You know, a lot of people, when this happened, they were furloughed or they were just laid off. Yeah. And um, we've seen a rise in that nationally, which is terrible. Yeah. Um, another thing is people are turning to substance abuse. Yes. To deal with this. That's very true. Um, and, you know, I've, I've got some actual thoughts on that if we're ready to go into that, Josh. Yeah, yeah. On, um, and the, my subtitle I got on my notes here is, Is My Depression Spiritual? Because we talked about earlier that, that one can be a very medical thing. And it's not necessarily just melancholy. Yes. But um, one one thing that I'll point out is there are some very, this is kind of the scientific angle, that some of the categories of depression is general anxiety disorder, um, panic disorder, social anxiety disorder, specific phobias, obsessive compulsive disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, and major depressive disorder. So, I mean, they actually have categories where these these depressions, they've studied and they see that, that it's a very real thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question is, is it spiritual or not? Is it, sometimes it can be spiritual, sometimes it can be medical. Now, from the spiritual side, I just said the scientific side, but one pastor gave these 10 reasons why we might be depressed as well. Um, genetics, dietary, exercise, trauma, demonic harassment, relational stress, financial burdens, weather conditions, sinful entanglements, and lack of sleep. So discerning whether or not our depression is spiritual is really crucial because if we try to fix a medical problem with spiritual remedies, there's going to be confusion and likely more problems. But on the flip side of that coin, if we try to medicate ourselves out of a spiritual problem, that's an extremely dangerous territory as well. And to be honest, uh, this is a slippery slope, and I, I almost considered skipping over what I'm about to say, but I know that this is a topic that people need to be aware of, especially as believers, because we do live in a day and age where medical advancements are so good, and there is a very real need for certain medications with certain people. But there is also a very dangerous realm for a believer, especially with the mind-altering drugs. Um, One expert in psychology says this about depression. In the West, we have increasingly pathologized depression and attributed it to biomedical factors. We tend to think that distancing people from their distress can be a functional way of helping them. However, teaching people that this very complex social, cultural, and biological phenomenon is entirely biological can backfire. It encourages people to ignore environmental factors and instead essentialize depression as a characteristic of themselves and their biology. So I read this quote not to encourage people to drop their meds because that could be a very bad thing. Um, But nowadays, self-medicating is commonplace. It's not hard to find doctors to prescribe things that muddy God's voice in your spirit. And the reason that I say it like that and I bring all this up in the first place is because I personally know three different believers who were living in rebellion to God And they were absolutely miserable because they knew that they were wrong, but they refused to bend, Um, just like we read of the stiff-necked Israelites. And they finally hit a mental breaking point. I witnessed all of this. And when they hit this mental breakdown, they went to a doctor where immediately they were put on antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds. And you know what? In all three cases, these individuals, with the help of those meds, went right back to living a life in rebellion of God. But this time, there was no guilt involved. At least, um, that's the vibe they were putting out. And, and like I said earlier, please, 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 please do not drop your meds if you really need them. Uh, that's not what this is about, but it's extremely dangerous if you really need them. Uh, you shouldn't feel guilt for that. Um, but the final thing I'll address just regarding this is that there is a Greek word in the New Testament called pharmakia, and it's used in, in um, relation to the use of medicine, drugs, or spells, magic, sorcery, and enchantment. And this word pharmakia is where we get our word pharmacy from. And there is at least five instances where this word is used in the New Testament. And in every single instance, it's speaking about a person who is in judgment from the use of pharmakia, which was used to drown out God's spirit in rebellion. And keep in mind that this could be prescribed legal medications, alcohol, illegal substances, whatever alters our thinking. And that I want to 
really push this home on certain people because we self-medicate not not just going to the doctor you can you can do it with alcohol you can do it with weed you can do it with drugs and um it's a way of fighting depression but a very wrong way of fighting depression mm -hmm. if it's a spiritual issue so again this might fall on ears that don't need to hear it but if it did strike a chord with you and you've been fighting against something god's been calling to your attention for a long time I think that this next portion we're going to hit in a minute, um, God meets you where you are, would be the most important thing for you to hear if that's what's going on. Yeah, that's interesting because I remember the illustration or the scripture where Jesus spits and basically in, in the guy's eyes. Yeah. And I read that one pastor said, or one commentator said that that was actually him showing us in the future that medicine is going to be okay. That, um, the use of medicine is for a good thing. Can be. And, yeah, exactly. And I think, again, it comes to the weighing of the balances and this is where the snake bird issue takes place because it's like, is the medicine something that I really need or is it a dependency? Mm -hmm. And um, I know so many people that, you know, let's just say like, oh, I have a headache. The first thing they do is instead of saying, God, will you take this headache away? It's just like pop the pills, yeah. you know, and, and Tylenol is not the devil, no. you know, but the dependency upon it could be an indication of a spiritual deficiency. And so, you know, that's probably the weakest example I could use. But if you're going to continue to to be dependent upon those things versus a medical need, it's really, again, that, that huge balance that you have to have. That's true. Or you could, I, I think even a, another good example would be for sleep. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that take prescription sleep medications. I, I personally am a recoverer. I, I've been clean from pills and a lot of stuff I used to do for a very long time, but... Um, like you said, instead of going to God and, and facing certain things like shutting your mind down at night or reading the word and not being stressed about things you're not supposed to be stressed about, uh, you, you take Ambien mm -hmm. or Lunesta or these different, in which I'm not saying these can be bad, <laughs> but I used to take both of those yeah. and I love to get high on them and not go to mm. sleep. Yeah. And I, I just, I come from a very addictive personality. I still got it, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people, while you might not struggle with that, I know it intimately. And no, I'm not talking to you, Josh. I'm talking <laughs> no. to the listener. <laughs> that sounded like I was directing that to Josh, but no, um, I, I know it intimately. And I know a lot of people that know it intimately, and they know what I'm talking about, too, I think. Uh, if you come from that addictive personality past, um, be honest with yourself in these things, because there is a medical use for certain things. Yeah, and real confession, I used to just drink NyQuil before bed at times, because <laughs> yeah. I was like, I just want to go to sleep real quick, you know, yeah. and that seemed to help. So yeah. uh, I guess it's just one of those things where you have to to weigh in, and yeah. and I pray that you know, certain medications are the last resort, but again, there are people out there who need them and that helps them. And so yeah. it's that snake birdie balance of going, do I, and it's a slippery slope. Yes, it, it really is. I didn't mean to cut you off, no. Josh, but yeah, no, it's a slippery slope. And the three Christians that I knew that I, I mentioned, obviously would never tell them, call them out, but it's, um, it, it was a very obvious spiritual thing that was completely, they were able to ignore it with drugs. Yeah. And it was, it was so heartbreaking to see. Well, and, and I was talking to somebody that I really respect this week talking about depression and they had an approach to it. And I thought this was kind of a wise approach is that when you're depressed, it either indicates that you're needing a change of situation where maybe you're depressed because of um, XYZ, a relationship, or you're depressed because of how um, your job is going, things like that, which is completely, in a sense, you're able to alter those circumstances if, if you take the right approach to it. But then there's also a chemical imbalance, which you can't necessarily affect at all in your, in your body. And so I think it just is depending on which of those it is. And yeah. to run to drugs when you're in the first category, I think is what you're saying is the yeah. wrong thing to do. Yes. And I totally agree with that. So, yeah, it's a snake birdie topic yes. on that one, because, you know, a doctor, when you bring up the spiritual part of it, they're not going to consider any of that. No. And so us being obviously believing what we believe, we know that there are um, spiritual warfares going on all around us. And yeah. It actually affects us physically sometimes. Yeah. 
Well, and it breaks my heart when I hear about people, even believers who say, I need to drink this alcohol to feel like normal. Yeah. And I've heard believers say that, which scares the dar out of me. Well, and you also, I mean, Paul told Timothy to have a little wine <laughs> yes. to settle his stomach. No, exactly. So there's a good and a bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, and I've heard of people that say, I just, I don't feel right unless I have a little bit of weed. You know? Oh, yeah. 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 If you can't feel right without it, if Jesus isn't enough, always. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I, 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 I think I know where you're going with that for sure. Yeah. But I, and I just, I just hate, I hate blanket statements and that, not that you were making one there, but it, it because all we're talking about here is balance uh-huh. both ways, both of us. And, but yeah, it's, it's so snake birdie. Yes. And so all of that to say that depression and anxiety are real. They are not made up things. In fact, you just read all those um, medical um, examples of them. And then even that pastor, when I, I have a good friend who has, um, I think it's called SADS, that seasonal affective disorder where, I mean, I I've seen it to where you wake up and it's cloudy and they are like, Oh my gosh, the world is ending. It affects them. Yeah. And I've, to me, I'm like, Hey, I like cloudy days. Cause that means it's not going to get as hot. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't hot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or it might rain, and I like rain. Sometimes humor is the best medicine. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> so depression and anxiety are real. And point number two is, and we've kind of already touched on this a little bit, but people of all ages are struggling right now because, like we said, this is an unprecedented chapter in our history, and it's hard to know how to move forward and how to do it with grace on one another. Mm-hmm. You know, we we were joking about masks right now. To mask or not to mask? That right. is the question. Yeah, I thought we weren't supposed to wear masks. <laughs> <laughs> For you Texans out there, it is. If you've got a concealed carry, you can't have that in a mask at the same time. So there's your loophole. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I was told that the other day by a customer. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. I don't know if it's true. But... I, I've heard of people that have created this very official looking card that says, I... Uh, have a medical um, like reason not to wear a mask, and I've been cleared by this doctor. And yeah, well, and that might be a case. That might be a severe case of claustrophobia or something. There, there are cases of that. Yeah, I don't. We're not here to argue about the volition <laughs> of masks. No, I, but but like, to your point, I think I think was your point. You know, there's a lot. There's this whole. Um, uh, tensions are so high that that you were talking about grace with one another and everything. Mm-hmm. And my wife was just telling me the other day how she she walked in a store with a mask and then the next door without. And in both cases, she got dirty looks and mumbled things under people's breaths. And there's, the tensions are so high and people are so, they feel so strongly about certain things that oftentimes grace will be uh, thrown out the window, which yeah. in part, I think, is part of the love will grow cold. As time goes on yeah. towards the end days. But, but you know, people have always had the tendency for their love to grow cold at the same time. And this is one of those high tension times. Yeah. As I've approached it, I just try to remember what Jesus would say of serving one another in love. You know, and if I walk into a place and and I have to wear a mask, even though it, I'm fogging up my glasses like a steam train, you know, yeah. I just, in that situation, if I felt like Jesus would wear a mask, then <laughs> there's a chance I might. And I'm not. We're presenting the case. Jesus would wear a mask. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But, um, but you know, well, no, you're right. You're right. It, it's hard because I've been trying to step outside of my, my, my box, my sphere of things and see. Um, from the perspective of someone else. I don't know what it's like to be that young person who is school age, whose summer is quote unquote ruined because of what they're going through. The the fact yeah. that they, um, their sports got canceled just abruptly. Yes. You know, what about the senior in high school who, you know, graduation is kind of a big deal and they didn't get to experience any of that real joy of um, hanging out with their friends and walking. You know, I know that some had various ceremonies, but it was nothing like it should have been. Or what's it like for, um, you know, maybe a person who just got a brand new job, you know, and, and then all of a sudden they got called and, and it's like, well, you can't even come to work because, you know, this is affecting, I just, for me, I'm trying to now step outside of who I am and what my situation is and see what it's like for a family who's struggling to put food on the table and make Mm -hmm. ends meet. And 
Yeah, you're very right because there's there's some people that aren't hurting at all right now, and then there's others that are hurting tremendously. Yes. And um, like you said with the kids, that, I think, you know, that's bigger than we realize for this upcoming generation. Um, I, I heard, it might have been you said you heard uh, someone the other day say there's going to be some very long-term effects. Uh, someone told me this, of, of the kids that are going through this right now mm-hmm. because of, of various reasons. But one of those just being that it is really thrown a lot of things off that we might, as adults, kind of be like, oh, that's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. But if you were to go back in the mind of, a, of kids, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. And it affects you. Yeah. And, you know, as adults, sometimes we have that thing that we're looking forward to and we're like, oh, I'm going to go on summer vacation. And and maybe that gets canceled. And as adults, that might be able to roll off our shoulders a little bit easier than maybe a child who's had this as their thing. You know, they were so looking forward to it. And I heard of one family where the young man who was scheduled to go on vacation, he just hasn't been himself since. And Mm -hmm. to me, that just sounds so different, but it and scary. Yeah. It, it makes sense that they just, you know, they're going through a whole different thing. And um, I feel like as parents or as friends of parents that we need to um, figure out ways to come alongside them and help them and say, mm-hmm. hey, what can we do to to just bring joy, whether it's Zoom calls or whether it's, you know, packages in the mail or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, no, I agree uh, completely because... You know, it's it's really important too that um, that you have a house that, that obviously we we try to teach our kids about God and and how we find our joy in God. But in times like this, um, going the extra mile, even even in a more shallow way of just joy in trying to have whatever fun possible mm-hmm. in this time. But um, it, it's going to be a learning experience for adults and children alike yes. from this point forward. Yeah. And we don't know what's to come. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to keep innovating and improvising and brainstorming on how to concoct new ways to reach people and to bring people out of their depression. Because in the long run, we can't necessarily do that. That's got to be a God thing, but we can mm-hmm. be a catalyst of it and we can be an agent of change in their lives, especially young people. Yeah. in using using those things with always the base mindset of... Um, while we might not have de- dealt with this exact thing before, we do know that God has guided his children throughout history before, through plague, persecution, all sorts of pain and suffering, even genocide. So, I mean, having that base understanding and trying to instill that also in the midst of, of physically trying to make it happen. Yeah. So, yeah, it's that's it's going to be a struggle for us all. Mm-hmm. Me being a dad, you know, especially I, I've seen it and I've tried and some things... Some things aren't working, some things are, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it just, for me, not having kids, it just reminds me that I need to not have my head so far down and just plowing through as I'm going in my life to actually have my head up and looking around and who can I affect and, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's not just me that it's in this situation, it's my wife, it's all kinds of people that we can, if we just take the time, we can see and we can... uh, help and also be mindful during this time of what god might be divinely um, putting in front of us in this unique situation maybe there's a way that i I can't tell you how much it helps me when i help others in certain times yeah so there there might be some real divine appointments set up that god wants you to to see and you got to have like you said you got to have your head up looking around for that kind of thing yes yeah, and and I think that leads us to point number three, if that's okay. Yeah, which is God wants to meet us where we are. God wants to meet you where you are. Uh, Psalm thirty four nineteen says, "The Lord is close to the brokenhearted; He rescues those whose spirits are crushed." And uh, I saw this quote this week, and I thought it was really um, apt for this podcast. It says, "What God doesn't save you from, He will see you through." What God doesn't save you from, he will see you through. And I feel like that is exactly what is going on, you know, as we enter week uh, 10,000 of (laughs) COVID-19. Yeah. Well, it's frustrating because we thought things were getting better and we seem to be going, uh, you know, taking a couple steps back now with things kind of shutting down again and uh, having our our base foundation and, and that kind of thing there. 
that that's what's gonna that's a hope that's gonna keep us going. Yeah, we've we've talked about this a little bit in other episodes, but we you know we got to be reminded. Yeah. There's so many books in the New Testament where they say, I'm reminding you of these things. I know you know them already. Yeah. Keep bringing to memory. Yes. Yeah. Well, because our anxiety and depression cannot hinge on how successful we are at handling COVID-19 or the pandemic. Yeah. Because if that's the case, then it's going to waver back and forth. You know, and that's, yeah, as I was studying for this episode, I couldn't, I kept on thinking about uh, our previous episode of our identity in Christ, because that you just reminded me hinging on something, hinging on that true identity, going through tough times like this, if you hinge on your success and how well you're doing and your business is crumbling right now, it's going to be a, that's going to take a toll on you. Yes. Huge toll. Yeah. And you can go into this depression that we're talking about now. And um, you got to have a God that's stronger than you that can carry you through this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know if we touched on that, but having your identity tied to your success oh, is yeah. a terrible idea. Oh, but it is a huge one. It, it is it's out part there. Of the American yeah. dream in a lot of people's minds. Well, that's why suicide happens because somebody gets so down with what they thought there's, oh, yeah. you know, and with then the whole wall street collapsing and uh, what was it? 2008. Mm-hmm. There was, it was skyrocketed. Yeah. Yeah, and I did some research on suicide now, and we're not even going to have national numbers for another two years, but they saw a rise in certain counties saying, hey, there are more suicides going into what people are seeing. Um, And then they had some really, I guess, high-profile ones, like a a 49-year-old ER doctor who was just really stressed out about seeing all the cases in New York. She had no signs of mental health, and yet she went home and took her life. And then there was a German um, minister of finance who was worried about economic disaster that he did it and even um, just a teenager who was stressed about social distancing she was worried about how this was going to affect her and and she bought into the lie that the only way out was to take her own life yeah I've heard so many stories similar and it it, man it breaks my heart Mm -hmm. because a lot of these times people aren't in the right minds. They're yeah. not they're not thinking like they usually think. Yeah. And it's it's taken such a toll on them. Yeah. And so I mean I know that was kind of a rabbit trail from where we were, but to think about when your identity is hinged to anything other than God, it fluctuates. God never changes. He's yeah. he's permanent. So, you know, that's that's a good thing. So I wanted to give um, some suggestions and strategies for overcoming anxiety and depression. Yeah. And um, the first one, of course, is lean into God, you know, and and what are we filling our hearts with? What are we filling our minds with? Um, If it's news 24-7, then a lot of times that has an opportunity to create more chaos and more um, uncertainty and you know, a lot of the, the things that would lead us to be stressed out of what they're always saying, you know, 24 seven Fox news, there's, I, I don't know if you remember this, but growing up, there weren't 24 hour news channels for a long, long time. Yeah. No, there weren't. But now there's several. Yeah. You know, and, and politics have become a very popular thing for every flavor. They used to call it Hollywood for ugly people, but now it's become just the yeah. new, the new Hollywood almost. Yeah. So, you know, um, be careful what you're allowing in. And then another thing that we can do is identify if you can, where the source of our anxiety or our depression is coming from. Mm-hmm. Because like we were saying, especially with the medication, um, if we can identify, if it's something that we can affect and change and it's not just a chemical imbalance, then there is a chance that God can work in that situation to, to allow us um, freedom from it, alleviation. And I was thinking, you know, what we can do is if we identify it, we can speak truth over it, think truth over it, pray. Um, you know, God, this is something that I'm struggling with. And, and it's not something that we can magically expect to go away. We actually have to allow ourselves to deal with it. And one of the ways that we would deal with it is, like I said, either um, talking truth over it or speaking truth over it, but also finding someone that we trust to talk to. Yeah. Maybe a counselor. That's a really good avenue. Or a pastor uh, or a trusted friend. I know of a lot of churches right now that feel like they have their um, their phone lines open, but they're not necessarily getting those type of calls. Yeah. And so um, 
that's what they're there for though. I know a lot of my pastor friends would love to be able to talk to somebody who's going through this and, and wouldn't mind, you know, being able to, to help them in this situation. Sometimes talking it out can do a lot more than you think. Exactly. And then don't bottle it up. You know, then that's how time bombs go off. <laughs> exactly. Pushing it down is only going to make it worse. Um, I, I, don't think we need to say much more than that. I think everybody, honestly looking at themselves, they know that. I yeah. Mean, don't let it bottle up. Yeah. Talk to someone. Exactly. Um, and then take care of what we can take care of. Um, you read that list of the top 10 things that a pastor said. Yes. You know, um, one of them I know was sleep. Yeah. You know, if you can affect how much sleep you get, then that would really go a long way to dealing with it. Um, seven to eight hours of sleep a night is what a doctor recommends. And I believe that that would go a long way to dealing with depression. Uh, eating healthily as, as, as much as we can. Uh, do things that you enjoy. That's something that we can affect. And then make sure that we're connecting with people. You know, whether that's um, getting together, you know, and being the six feet apart or it's Zoom calls, which a lot of people hate and I yeah. don't blame them. But calling somebody on the phone, FaceTime. Um, you know, it's funny. We were talking earlier about everything being turned upside down. Um, social media, there's a lot of stats talking about how that causes depression in people. But that's been a very good thing in this COVID. Yes. Because people have been able to reach out through that same technology that caused depression mm. to help depression. Yes. And so it's that balance kind of, kind of concept, but, um, I, I'm thankful for being able to call people and FaceTime and keep up even on Facebook, which is a terrible place <laughs> to not have depression sometimes. Yeah. Um, it, it can be healthy to, you know, give, given you're coming at it from the right angle. And I, yeah, I just, it's, it's, a good thing to be connected to other people. Yes. I think I've heard it said, um, God's people, God's word and God himself, these connections you need to have. And if one's thrown off a lot of times, a lot of other stuff will get thrown yeah. off. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good way to say it. And then sometimes I have to remember where I'm getting my instructions, my thought process from. And, and this is going to sound very pastoral, but is it the pit of darkness or the prince of peace? Because Satan he has an agenda for your life. Did you know what the Bible says his agenda is? It's to steal, kill, and destroy. The Bible tells us that Jesus's agenda is, I came that you may have life. Satan loves isolation. We talked about how people are feeling lonely. Jesus is all about togetherness. He's all about fellowship. He's all about koinonia, uh, partnership together. Satan says it's never going to get any better. You know, we look out at what 2020 is going to be for the rest of the year and what 2021 might be. And yet Jesus says, I make all things new and I have a plan for your life. And even then he says, when it's all said and done, when you take your last breath, the best is still yet to come. Mm. He said, you're sojourners and pilgrims on this earth. In fact, your citizenship is in heaven. Satan says, I want you to worry, fret, and stress out like you never have before. And yet Jesus says, I am with you and I will hold you fast. Yeah, I love that. And speaking of words of Jesus, I, I think of Revelation 3, um, verse 20 and 21, where Jesus says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give them the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. And um, th this is this is talking about you know accepting Christ and salvation, mm -hmm. obviously, but also remembering as a believer that that's the kind of God, that's the kind of mediator we have. Mm -hmm. um, it really speaks to the heart of God. God really is knocking at the door to everyone. And uh, verse 21 mentions those who are victorious will be the ones with God in heaven. And the way we're victorious is by receiving what God has to offer. Jesus offers all those things Josh just said. He offers the peace that surpasses all understanding. Um, Satan offers the opposite of all that. Mm. And that's where our depression comes from. That's where all of that comes from. So turning to the one who is knocking, even now at your door, waiting to come in and dine with you. And in the ancient context of that is is very intimate descriptor. Mm -hmm. But it, it's talking of Jesus wants to one-on-one -on -one just sit there, talk it out, and he can heal um, even the greatest of depressions in your life. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I wanted to share, um, just as one last thing is from Habakkuk. Um, if you know the story of Habakkuk, the children of Israel have been wicked and God's about to bring King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian army to take them captive. And it sounds like they're going out on a real downer, but Habakkuk ends his letter like this. He says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty yet i will rejoice in the lord i will be joyful in the god of my salvation the sovereign lord is my strength he makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread upon the heights Mm. and i want to say to you today that if you're feeling depressed and you feel like the world has gone to pot as they as the old expression says just remember that god is in control and he knows where you are and he wants to meet you right where you're at. He's for you. Life can be hard, but tomorrow is coming. Your story is not even just about you. He might be using this as a time to grow you and then the lives of those who are observing you, like your kids, your family, your coworkers. And so don't lose heart. If you're depressed, that's okay. Mm -hmm. God wants to meet you in that depression and he wants to pull you out of it. If you're anxious, he knows. And he is right now, he's singing words over you. I think of the Psalm that says he sings over me because God doesn't want you to be anxious. And, and Paul, you know, we referenced this so many times in our, in our hope in the darkness podcast where Paul says, be anxious for nothing, but by everything, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. He says the recipe to deliver yourself from anxiety is to lean into God, to give it all to him, to pray and to allow him to, to give you his peace. And oftentimes, guys, it's about that first step in the right direction. Think of Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Mm-hmm. For my yoke is easy. And what he is saying there is you come to him. Take that first step in the right direction towards him. Uh, does that mean that COVID's going to disappear, uh, regardless of what some pastors say as they blow it away? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> it's not the right way to think of it, but there's a peace that's going to fall on you. And I don't mean to offend with that, but I we need to understand the realities of this world that we're living in. And um, we're not foolish children looking at it, We, but we, we do have a childlike dependence upon our God who will guide us through it. Mm-hmm. And it's in His strength that oftentimes is the only type of strength that can get us through these things. Yeah, yeah. And Galatians 6, 9, And do not let us grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Just keep going, keep pushing on, keep pressing up. And... Uh, you know, realize that you're fulfilling the upward call of the prize, which is Christ Jesus. Amen. And so, yeah. What else can be said? (laughs) Exactly. And you know, it's like we said earlier, these, we know that sometimes these can be looked at like mandate scriptures, but the the thing is guys, uh, as believers, these are promises of our God, of our creator um, that is, is ready to to come in and have a one-on-one with us. And so we stand on these, we live on them. Mm -hmm. And in times where things are tough, that's the best time to go to it. Yeah. Uh, or him, you know, exactly. And and if you're out there and you're like, well, this didn't help me, I'm still depressed. Then we want to, as a community, come alongside you and pray and, and, and speak into your life and connect with you. And I know maybe you're not in our area, maybe you're not in Texas, but guess what? The internet has made the world a very small place. A crazy thing <laughs> called email can connect us. Yes, email, <laughs> Facebook messages, whatever it might be. Um, because we would love to hear your story and we'd love to just visit with you. And and again, Stephen said it so well, this is not meant to just be Band-Aids. We pray that this is actually... Um, 
salve. <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying for that your right. Eyes. Yeah, just yes. for your heart, for for whatever uh, you're going through. Because I am going through depression at times. Yeah, you know, we're all feeling this. Yeah, and like Josh said about us wanting to pray for you. I mean, we're serious about that. Call in or call in. <laughs> this isn't a radio. One eight hundred Snakebird. Email us and connect with us some some way in these avenues that we've just mentioned and um guys prayer is a very real thing it's not a sacrament we do that makes us feel better it's something god commands us to do because it works yes and it connects us in a spiritual way beyond this tangible stuff we can see here in a much more tangible way and so please reach out to us let us pray for you even with you if we can make that happen um reach out yeah and if there's anything we can do for you we're gonna try and then the other thing is just connecting. That's such a big thing is making that connection. And who knows what the Snakebird community wants to do as they lift you up and as they surround you and, mm-hmm. and you know that you're not alone and you know that whatever you're struggling with, uh, we're going to be along the same vein, struggling with some of the same things. And so yeah. whether it's anxiety or depression or as the other word we identified, melancholy, Whatever it is, um, we've all gone through it, and Jesus can meet you where you're at. Absolutely. And guys, if if this podcast has helped you, this episode especially, I hope it has, um, please share us. Uh, give us a rating or review if, if you have the time to do it, because it'll help, um, help others out there as well. It'll push us out there. So if you could find time to do that, we'd deeply appreciate it. Yes, and... Please come back for next week because we have a really, really, really exciting episode talking about current events. That we do. Yeah. So hopefully that's a teaser. (laughs) (laughs) So always remember, whatever you do, wherever you go, no matter what life throws at you, there's never been a better time to follow the words of Jesus. Don't be depressed or anxious and be a snake bird. So you're making the case that Jesus would wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I'm going to, okay. we'll cut all this out.